0: I'll take a moment to look at our clocks and realize it is a quarter to 11. I understand this. However, because there's food just right there, you've afforded me a few extra minutes. And so our scripture this morning, we will conclude in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24 through the end of the chapter in verse 29, um, it is found on page 966 in your pew Bible. If you don't have a Bible with you, I encourage you to pull that out. If you don't own a Bible, since you're all gathered here, you can all hear this at once. If you don't own a Bible, there are no names written in the Bibles in the pews, and that is on purpose. Uh, faithful people have given those Bibles, but we also want to make sure no one leaves here without the word of God. You're not stealing from us. That is the word of God. It is now yours in your hands so that you can read it and you can hear from him directly. There in verse 24, it's written, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. If you would, please join me in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. (laughs) So every year in Florida, you know, I've been here now, this is my seventh hurricane season. I have survived. And this year was no exception, right? Ian and Nicole found ways to make it to both sides of Florida to cover all of the coast in a hurricane. And, and the photos and the videos that come after a hurricane from where it hits are, are heartbreaking and devastating with the destruction that ensues from them. And as often the case with hurricanes, the, the closer your establishment, your home is to the beach, the greater the damages and the impact. In particular, this year after Ian, I I saw photos and videos of homes there on the coast, just a few miles south of us, that were collapsing onto the beach. The rain came, the oceans surged, and the house fell and crumbled into the sea and the sand. Almost as if God continues to provide real-life pictures and reminders for us to understand his universal truth. Now, there are many things we can do to mitigate the risk of a storm causing our homes to collapse. Many things we attempt to do to make it safer and less likely to happen as we worship in a church that is a few feet from said water. Yet, still remains the most effective solution of all is simply do not build on sand. It was just moments before Jesus gives this teaching that he gives us stark warnings that the path that leads to destruction is indeed wide and many will go through it. And then he goes on and he says, Many will say, Lord, Lord, but I will declare to them, Depart from me, for I never knew you. It's here at the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the sermon in which he went up the mountain to escape the crowds of general people, and he's teaching the disciples and those who are believers in him. He is teaching to his followers specifically, and he makes it clear that his way is the only way that will ever lead to salvation. That even attempting to claim Jesus as Lord and to keep our eyes fixed on the world and our desires within the world, that our house, our lives will end in destruction when the storm does indeed come. Jesus declares that living as he has taught is wise and it builds your life on a sturdy and strong foundation. See, we know of his warning. We know what happens now that we have heard and if we ignore. But what does it really look like to be built upon Jesus and his word as our foundation? What does our life look like? And I will contend to you this morning two distinctions for Christians who have built their life with Jesus as a foundation. First, it means that our lives, that our living will be noticeably different from the world. Not where someone has to come and ask, are you a Christian? But it is noticeably different from the world. See, in 2022 and for the past decade, plus politics are ripping people apart, communities and families and friendships are being ruined by the vile words, arguments, and actions that are being taken. And as Christians, We have made vain attempts to clothe it in faith, yet we sound like the people just described in verse 22 when he said, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And it's there that he tells them, depart from me. I never knew you. He did works of lawlessness. Quite simply put, they tried to fortify their own sandcastles on the sea by claiming to do it for Jesus. When really, they never understood him at all. You see, folks, Jesus does not want you to spend your time and your money and your energy fighting for worldly politics and kingdoms. For those whom he has called from the world to him, he calls for him and his kingdom. His kingdom is not of this world, but is eternal in the heavens. And when we are his, we are given new citizenship. We become citizens, as Paul tells us, of heaven. No longer of this world, of this nation, of this state, of this town. We are citizens of heaven. Of a far greater place than this is in its fallen state. And will remain Until Jesus returns and makes it all new. And so the truth is, we don't need a mayor, a senator, a governor, or a president. For we have a king. And his name is Jesus. And we get it confused a lot. It seems too far and too distant for us to really grasp and live out in our lives as if we have no control over the fact that Jesus is king of our lives. And you're right, we don't have any control over Jesus. We don't have any control over God. We don't have any control over the Holy Spirit. And so we look for things in this world to grasp onto and we completely miss that Jesus is the one who has grasped us. And so we substitute the creator for the created thing. We substitute eternal for temporal. And we lose sight of our king and our savior. And we say we do things in the name of faith and in the name of Jesus. And we look just like the world when we do it. Don't waste your life in toil. For kingdoms that will come to an end. Live. For the kingdom that is eternal. Claim your citizenship in heaven. And live as an alien in this land. So different. People notice. The other way that we are called to live our lives that would be noticeably different is by our speech. Because the way and manner in which we speak and talk reflect our very hearts. And oftentimes they reflect the worst of us. They reflect the flesh that we are constantly Battling, But the truth is, if your heart is full of Jesus, you will sound like Scripture. You will sound like love. You will sound like grace. You will sound like gentleness and kindness and peacefulness and faithfulness. You'll sound like truth. And the gossip will cease, and the divisive speech will come to an end, and the hatred will become dull, Into a dislike, into prayerful care and concern for others. And our lives will turn towards love and compassion and truth and grace, and they will abound. And you will look different noticeably from the world. Jesus makes it clear here at the very end of his sermon the parting words the rain is coming. The floods will come. The earth will give way. Suffering, tribulation, and trials are unavoidable in this life. And only by building your life upon Jesus and his word will be sufficient. For us, dear Christians, this means that the very gospel of Jesus is at the center of at the middle, and of the edges of our whole lives. Because the gospel is true, the gospel is love, the gospel is grace, and the gospel is what gives us a life that is filled with joy and hope. See, we're born with a sin nature. We're born with sinfulness, and we live a life that is littered with it. And yet we cannot atone or make right with God all on our own. So without help, we live as those without hope. But our king, our king descended from his throne to take on our form as a newborn infant that first Christmas morn, and then grew and lived a life without sin. And then at the time God had ordained, he gave up his life and died on a cross for our sins, paying a penalty that we could not pay so that we could live a life we did not deserve. And through that, we would be forgiven and made right with the Father who is in heaven. Three days later, Jesus rises from the dead and seals the victory over death for all those who believe in Jesus. (laughs) Folks, you see, it was our own King who didn't look out for his self-preservation but came and died so that we may live eternal with our Father Amen. don't waste your life living for anything or anyone other than Jesus because folks in the end it is Jesus who always wins. Amen? Amen.